Hey, everybody. I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Joe Idoni. This is the Preferred Lines podcast, streaming live as we do each and every Monday evening, having a beer, talking some golf. Cheers. Cheers. Major season is over. Jason Sobel put out the most disappointing tweet. Um, yesterday that I had seen in a long time about having like six majors in 300 days. And now it's like 260 until the next one. So sad times, sad times. Yeah, seriously. I mean, buzzkill. You know, we got this Olympic stuff coming up and I'm not that sure about that. And then the Ryder cup, you know, is always fun. That's great. That's content and that's good stuff. But yeah, it's kind of like, Oh wait, it's the end of the season. It's like before we really can get hyped again, Tiger Woods might be alive for the Augusta Masters next April. Where did this news come out? I don't know. I was just did I miss that today. No, that's in my head. Oh, that's in your head. I was gonna say that's major news if that's come out. No, the uh, next major might include Tiger because it's okay. so far away from now, Joe. I mean, I could you know get hit by a car and heal and be fine yeah, by April. Okay, maybe nine months. I'm not gonna rule them out. But the Olympics, like, all right, let's talk about the Olympics real quickly for a second because, like, the only reason we're going to be into this thing is for if Siwoo or Sungjae get a medal, right? That's all yeah. that matters. Like, they, yeah. If I'm those guys, there are some handshake deals going on behind the scenes <laughs> because this is this guy's life. Like, not I'm not the military service, but how do you resume a career after three years off of golf at the highest level? This ain't – uh, podcasting or, or real estate or like a sales job that he can just hop back into. He's no. done. Like yeah. these guys are great and they're just, their career's over. So yeah. that's the only thing that matters. I think for the Olympics to be, I hope that they win. And like, what does it mean to, for Justin Thomas to get a bronze medal? Like nothing, right? Like mail it in. If you're, if C was up there, yeah, miss him on the we, stand, can, right? we can let, we can get, you know, we'll see if there's a 12 footer that looks, or, you know, even maybe like a four footer that someone's like, looks over at Sung Jae and misses it. I know. I don't know how, uh, you know, I don't even know if it's match play. I don't know how that Olympics work. We'll have to look into that. Stroke play. Stroke play all the way. Yeah. Yeah, so normal stroke play that. Yeah, it's hard to rig that stuff, but you never know. Could happen. Uh, we are a podcast that is sponsored in part by our friends at the Jock Market. It's an app. It's on all app stores. It uh, it's fun. It's a stock market for athletes. And actually, the three M Open might be a perfect opportunity for someone to join the Jock Market and have some fun and not even need to know anything or be smart. All you do, Joe, is you show up. To you and Rick's show on YouTube, you just log into that. You hear from you and Rick, and you just listen to that. Then at about 9.25 or is it 9.25 Eastern time where it starts to get a little juicy? Mm -hmm. And after that, you know, right around at 9.40, you start making bids. 9.45, you adjust. And then you just look at this app. Whoever's cheap that you're like, why is nobody wanting this guy? Then you just bid on that guy. Boom, 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 boom. Especially for a 3M open style field, right, Joe? Because anything can happen sure. in this. So it's like the ultimate, like we talk about it a lot with like having just buy low spots on guys. Like at last week, I got Tony Finau shares. The lowest price that Tony Finau has ever been in the jack market over like 25 of these things that he's been in. 
uh, and he was the lowest price he's ever been. So it was like rock bottom, short, like on sale. Give me Tony Fino. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how I do it. So you can play it however you want. But fun app, promo code below. Sign up if you haven't tried it already. Good stuff. And you can chat along because this is live. We're on the internet, and then we'll be on iTunes later. Subscribe there. Um, we got people in the chat. We've got Jesse here. What's going on, Jesse? What up, buddy? Yep. Yep. I did cash a mega profit on Morikawa, so that was fun. That's why I enjoyed the Open Championship, Joe. But you you didn't like it as much. Is it because Brooks I wasn't did. winning? If Brooks would have won, you'd have liked it more. Of course I would have liked it more. But no, I just I, – I don't know. Like – this is, I don't know if I want to even say this on the show because I shouldn't, but I didn't really uh, find a whole lot of enjoyment in watching it. It it was nice out. Guys were shooting low scores. It felt like the biggest thing that irked me in terms of it being a major championship is it never felt like bogey was in play. Hmm. Like it, it, even for Morikawa coming down the stretch, like the other majors, the PGA did a great job of it. Like, those majors where the winning score is six under, five under, four under par, where guys are struggling, I like to see that. This didn't have that, and they were quick to sort of blame it on the weather and the wind not being there. But I don't know that that's necessarily the case. It was soft. The fairways weren't running out at all. The mm -hmm. rough was down. The greens were slow. Uh, like There were so many things that they could have done to make it hard, and they just didn't do, and it resulted in – um, you know, the, the, the worst major of the year for me, <laughs> the, the iron, that's it. The iron play fest. Honestly, yeah. like the, the leaderboard was hilariously riddled with bad putters, which it, <laughs> it, it, it can be equated to the fact that we're putting on carpet. I mean, it was crazy how slow those greens were where everybody can make every 12 footer and Colin Morikawa can make these, uh, circus style putts up and down hills to for birdie in clutch situations like come on that seems like tiger was probably rolling over in his bed at home i'm sure yeah it was frustrating because it was basically like is he gonna make birdie okay he didn't make birdie he's it's it's a par it's a tap in par on every hole like getting up and down wasn't hard getting mm -hmm. out of those little pop bunkers wasn't hard um and the greens were easy so like there was no three putting it was just uh you know, congrats to Colin Morikow. I don't want to take anything away from him. I'm just saying from a viewing golf fan experience, um, it didn't hold a candle to the other three majors. When you would go in the rough, like a DJ was in the middle of the rough in the middle of nowhere with, you know, no chance it looked like, and he hits it to five feet. You're like, I know. That seems odd. I so noticed it right away on Thursday because I had Cam Smith and he was in that first group and he hit no fairways. And there was all this made of that like Tiger tripled the opening hole back in 2003 or he would have won and he was a lost ball. And it was like they were just finding it somewhere in there and making par. It, it, sometimes birdie out of that stuff so and then jo josh bennett and i talked about this for a little bit about how no one ever hit it into any bunker and we were texting about that prior to the tournament like are these bunkers legitimate do i need a bunker guy and did you ever really have any concern there was a lowry had one shot where he had to punch it out otherwise i really didn't there wasn't like haha look at this guy got screwed and look at this guy got screwed i didn't see a lot of people getting screwed in those bunkers i think molinari had a little bit of a situation oh, but like yeah Usually, well, he tried to get out like an asshole a couple times, and then he decided to take his lumps. I think back to, like, 
Carnoustie. Like the weather wasn't horrible at Carnoustie, but that thing was just baked out to the max. Yeah. And like those little pot bunkers, like the the fairway would all kind of slope, even though they were small in size, the fairway areas around them would all slope into them. So you could be right down the middle, catch a little ridge, all the way into the pot bunker. We, it just wasn't any of that. So I think it was a course setup issue. I don't think it was the actual course. I think it was not set up to be the proper test that the Open Championship could be uh, and should be. And, and that's my sort of stance on it. Well, I took away and what I learned was that you just need to know a good iron player is always going to be a good bet or someone to consider, especially when there's the lot of the unknowns. So you kind of didn't, you, you didn't know the weather was going to be bad or good. You didn't know the course was going to be a bomber's course or not. You kind of didn't really, you weren't told that these greens were going to be Velcro. No one told me that. If I would known that I'd have been all over Corey Connors and these bad putters. But so we did. So when you don't know a lot of the variables, which is almost every week, you just should side with these elite iron players. Yeah. And in a situation like this, it's like you go back to the creativity of, uh, who's creative on tour? And a lot of the creative, most creative guys did rise to the top, the Spieth, the Roms, and the Morikawa. Yeah. The best players, right? I mean, we weren't playing Colin because I guess the reason I didn't play Colin is because I thought, like, the test um, that you have to pass and the exam that is typically given by the RNA to a player wasn't the same test that it's been in years past. So, like, I'm expecting certain questions to be asked of a player and is he going to be able to answer it correctly just didn't feel that with Colin it was much like hitting the fairway which he always does and fairways and greens man that's all it was it, and there wasn't like that creativity and experience and sure. like, the things that we've seen in the past that play a huge role and a little bit of luck um sure. yeah no, I will say it, it could it, it could have been shit weather it could have been really craziness and I think Colin had he played that well and put it that well, no matter what the conditions were, probably would have won. I think he just was elite for four days, and it was crazy. He's great, and and I may be a little bit butthurt because I didn't bet him on either of his majors, and you had him on both. So congratulations both. to you. I had the house on him at the WGC. I've made so much money on this Colin Morikawa guy that he's, he's for boy. sure my favorite player. And hello, what's boy. up, everybody in the chat? We're about to get to the betting board here at the 3M Open, but it's the 3M Open. So we wanted to reflect on the Open, uh, the last major in 260-some days. Uh, who's in here? Uh, do you worry about the guys that have to head off to the Olympics before this week? I mean, we had a couple guys doing that, but. We've seen that that doesn't necessarily matter. We saw Berger come over to the Open after playing, and that doesn't matter. Going back and forth, do you care about that? Um, yeah, I don't know. Are there any guys that just came from the Open to this, then Olympics? I don't know. Do, I don't, I mean, maybe I, like Herbert or something is like someone I'm thinking that could potentially be in that role. I'm not totally sure, but... Yeah, obviously, I think that it's not a plus to have to deal with a transatlantic flight like back to back weeks, especially coming off of a major championship. Well, it's a like it's a tough spot for the 3M. Uh, I'm surprised that they got the feel that they did. We'll see if it stays this way or if we get any withdrawals at the top, because um, I'm, uh, you know, Dustin, Louis, Finau, I could easily see them all sort of skipping this week, but they're there um, yeah, so good for them and I hope they stay. Hey, look, my dad's in here, Mike Eckert. Hey, Mike. Just kidding. 
Uh, Sully's in here. Uh, Brian's in here. And in fact, I might be making an appearance on Brian's show. I'll be out at the 3M Open TPC Twin Cities tomorrow for the practice round. And I'll do a report with Brian on his podcast. Go find Brian on Twitter, Brian Kirshner. All right. Fran Millionaire's in here. He says, let's go, because it's like, come on, dude. Get to the betting board for this tournament. When at the tippity tip top, you've got Dustin Johnson at 7-1. to one. He's still in the field, and it is uh, almost nine, it was after 9 o'clock Eastern time here on Monday night, and we've got Dustin Johnson still in the field. you got Louis Ucezan also still here in the field, showing that maybe they just want to carry over their form. They need the FedEx Cup points. They're going for that Olymp- uh, the, uh Maybe they're going for a Ryder Cup. DJ needs – I don't know, maybe. Why was he here? Either way, Louis at 11. And so Finau at 14. You got another guy, Patrick Reed, under 21. Did you go to the top of the board, Joe? No, I did not. Uh, did you, Chad? No, I have not. And I don't think I will. I will I on draft. I either. Um, I wanted to bet Finau here. Yeah. Um, but I don't want him at 14 to 1. And I'm considering like starting a lot of DraftKings lineups with him, but um, just the ability to, to make birdies on easy courses. He rated out number one in birdie or better rate. Um, course history here, finished third here last year, which, God, if you remember that, like you probably do because it's in your home state, but he should have won that freaking thing. He had to duel uh, Michael Thompson and Richie Warinsky, I think. Yep. Uh, or to take him down. And, and it's just a shame that he didn't get that done. Played much better at the Open last week, I think 14th there. So, um, you know, we don't have the strokes gain data, but obviously the iron play from my eyes told me that it was much more spot on. It seemed to be kick it to Tony Finau with a nice 15-foot look for birdie quite often on the on the show. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would lean Finau, but I don't have a whole lot of interest in backing any one of these guys sub-20 five to one. Yeah. To be quite honest, like I think I could end up waiting on these names. And even if like Tony's up by three strokes Friday afternoon and he's looking hot or even like Saturday, he's looking good. I could do a live bet on a Tony then and just take my lumps and get my money back for the week and have a winning ticket on Tony and feel good about it kind of thing. So maybe I'll do that if I really wanted to get in on Tony and I could see it happening in front of my eyes. Uh, but I didn't do it. I went down into the 20s. I went to my guys, dude, didn't you? Did you go to Cameron Tringali at 25? You got Robert McIntyre at 28 into the 30s. Matt Wolf, Bubba Watson, they're 30, 35. Grios, 35. Same with Garcia. Uh, hello, let's go with Tringali and Wolf. Those are That's like my brand. If you want to talk about people's brands... They're my brand because I just love them all. Uh, I actually could probably make a case that Patrick Reed's my brand. Uh, he's there, Fort too, Powell. but I, I didn't bet him. Uh, I'm going with Tringali and Wolf. Did you do those guys? Did Everyone's doing those guys. I am definitely not doing Tringali. I probably will do Wolf. I This is my biggest hit ever um, at this event. In oh, what's reopen? Yeah, yeah when, when Wolf won. So I may have to go back to him. I... He's very volatile and hit or miss, and I just think this is one of those hit spots for him. Um, I don't love the number because I wish that he was playing more and playing better more consistently, but the course sets up great for him, right? It, yeah. Wide fairways, keep it out of the water. Uh, when he won here, he did it all with the irons, which if you look at like Matt Wolf's good performances, 
it's not the driver that's like getting him top fives. It's his iron play. Like that's when he plays really well. I think that should suit him very nicely. Um, makes eagles. Like there's three long par fives, but they are eagleable holes. He eagled the final hole to win that week against Bryson Mork. What an event that was. Like actually for the first three I've opened, when we look back at those three on the leaderboard. <laughs> Hindsight is so great. Um, but yeah, so I, I think that he can, you know, he, he's, has a great birdie or better rate Eagles. Like he made a ton of birdies at the U S open. I think this is a good fit for him. I haven't pulled the trigger quite yet, but, but he'd be my guy. Um, yeah. And now do you get scared off of a public bet? Are we, do we care that everyone is on Tringali? And because last year, if you recall at the three M open, we had an, a guy that was a golden gopher named Eric, Van Ruyen, who was about 25 to 30 to one, and everybody was on him. This is Eric Van Ruyen's time. This is kind of feeling like that with Tringali. So I don't know if I can put a house on Tringali, but I don't want to miss it either. I have FOMO. He's been playing so well for so long. I don't know that, like, the outright betting, which is what we're talking about, is like the greatest place to, to go with Cam Tringali. Sure. I think Jock Market, DraftKings, top 10, like matchup plays, he should be solid in all of those because I don't think he's going to play poorly. But I think someone like Wolf um, or even right down below Wolf, who's a guy, the only guy that I've bet so far at 40 to 1, they could, like, I can see them winning a lot more times than I see Cam Tringali winning. Who did you bet at 40 to 1? Bubba. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why? I took Bubba because his approach play has gotten a ton better he okay. has, has steady improvement if you look at sort of any rolling report on approach play which um you know from the research that i did should be the number one stat you should be looking at this week in terms of correlation to success his like everything's trending in the right direction every step along the way he's getting a little bit better with his irons it's starting to come around i think there's a lot of water in play but sometimes i think that that can like create lines for Bubba off the tee and like help sort of shape holes to sort of suit his eye. Um, obviously there's some strong correlations between the rocket mortgage and this event. Mm -hmm. You know, we saw Wolf and Bryson basically duel at both of them. Um, yeah, he just played really well there. I think he finished sixth at the rocket mortgage was scheduled to go to the open could not because he came into contact with someone who had COVID. So he's rested of all the top names here. That's why I like Wolf and Bubba, uh, but I've only bet Bubba thus far. Okay. Yeah, I could definitely see Bubba, but it's Bubba or bust. You know that with Bubba where yeah. he'll hit a two in the water and then he'll stop caring. He'll be like, no, Ted, you don't need to read this line anymore. I don't care. Yes, he could. Very, right. It's It could very well be bust territory. That's why I said Tringale is like much safer in every other one. But I think in terms of, of they play this thing a hundred times, Who's going to win more of them? I think it's Bubba. Yeah, I do kind of feel like it's not going to be someone from the top of the board because of the energy that they've had to expend, and maybe they're ready for a break and they're looking in the rear. You know, I think there's a rule that PGA Tour requires each person to play a tournament every five years. I believe yeah. that they have to do that. So people might be just checking boxes. And this is the type of thing we've talked about this in the past where you want to be that Cameron Davis made a name for himself and became a name. You know, uh, he's got his tour card by winning that little tournament. People will do that. They'll do that for this three M open. 
Will Griot do it? Or will a guy down here more like uh, McNeil or Lebiota? Are we going to get a guy that, listen, those names are, they've been playing great golf and Lebiota has been your guy. Should we go to Lebiota at 50? I'm not. Okay. No. I've said this a couple of times in a row, I think shows that like, I'm going to ride this train for one more week on Lebiota. <laughs> I'm going to do it again. Oh, I bet him at 50 to one. I'm okay. not ready. Like a lot of it came to me when like I saw Seamus power, right? Mm -hmm. Because everything was like power, power. Like he's playing so well. He's going to get it done. He's going to get it done. He gets it done. Lebiota has been unbelievable, man. And like, not to mention, I just comp sort of the rocket mortgage. He's got two, I believe, top 30s here in the first two years. So solid course history to back that up as well. I think I like, of course, I'm going to go back to here. I actually considered going back to Cam Davis as well, who I don't mind, um, who did elected not to play in the open last week. I think he got married. Um, oh. So good for him. Maybe he comes in good, but this is a perfect course for him as well. Wide fairways, be aggressive. Uh, but, yeah, I, I Lebiota was the second pull for me. Are you on him as well? You know, I haven't decided on that. I, I, I would rather go with McNeely because that's who I've been sort of riding more like yeah. he's my Lebiota to, to you. Uh, but before we get past the veteran names of Keegan and Ricky, are we going to – I mean, they're like – historically good names at decent betting numbers that could just sneak out a win in a season where you've seen this happen. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I may even do this before we get off the show, but I'm coming around to Keegan Bradley quite a bit. Okay. Um, he's just everything that I look at, like greens and regulation. He's third approach. He's fourth approach really short term he's third he's first in opportunities gained he's fourth in ball striking he's 15th in birdie fest um just played pretty well with the rocket mortgage classic like it all felt like it was really coming for keegan and then sam burns like stole it from him mm -hmm. but it was like if you remember with burns like it felt like it was coming for him and then there was a little bit of a lull and then a mm -hmm. breakthrough like i think mm -hmm. it could be a good spot for keegan um I'm coming around to that play quite a bit. I'm not ready to 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 start backing Ricky quite yet. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I you know, he's just too inconsistent. Fowler doesn't do it enough in a row to give me anything. So I'm gonna I'm just gonna keep going down the board because I do feel like we need to get more into the long shots in this tournament because you know Lucas Herbert's playing great golf and has won over on the Euro Tour. I don't know if I've got any excitement for that at fifty to one, or you got Gary Woodlands at fifty to one, and he's been really wishy-washy he's kind of figuring himself out maybe he needs a break uh schwartzel that's a strange number at 55 to 1 but he's competed at the 3m open i believe last year too now kirk at 60 we saw kirk have flashes earlier this season is kirk at 60 does that have any interest to you yeah i actually see a 70 and there is some interest for me um he's good approach play has been pretty solid for him missed the cut last week at the open which i didn't even really realize that he was in the field there yeah. but a 12th at the rocket mortgage before that um some good finishes this season sort of on these you know valero rbc you know honda these tournaments where we typically see a lot of birdies so i think that this could be a good setup i see some 70s out there on chris kirk i wanted to bet gary woodland like he really just sticks off the page like he's highlighted there 
but it's been bad. And I, and, and I, same with Ricky, I feel like he's getting a little bit of an inflation because of the name. I'm not quite ready to do it on Gary. I, did we get to Luke list yet? I haven't gotten, I, dude, I will okay. love Luke list 65 right. to one. That's a great number. I figured um, you would for some reason. You know, I do kind of want to take into consideration what happened last week and uh, at the Barbasol. So I did look at the stats for that, and he had some good stats there. He was up there. There's some names further down that were even better that I'm excited about at higher odds. The, you know, Luke List, he's kind of one of those guys that's due to get the win. He's got a little bit of a maturity to him. He's over, I think he's in his early 30s. You know, he's kind of one of those guys. But Joe, is he one of those guys that you're like, this is who he is? He'll always get to that fourth or fifth in the leaderboard and he'll look up there and he'll go, Oh God, I gotta make this eight footer. And he misses it every time. Yeah, it's easier to get behind those guys at bigger numbers. Like there's gonna be an interesting case this week on two guys. I think it's List and I think it's Johnny Vegas. Yeah, I think they're both gonna be popular. They both have all the reason to be popular. Mm-hmm. But um their track record recently in terms of of coming through and winning isn't great. So it's easy to take a stand on these guys at 80, at 100, at 125 to 1. It's a little tougher. Like those numbers aren't bad. I'm seeing like some 55s on both of them. So it'll be interesting. They're going to be very popular um, both in the betting markets on DraftKings. So we'll kind of see where things shake out on them. I don't know that I'm quite there with either one of them, to be honest. Yeah. It feels like all of these names are kind of the same. And so I'd rather have a 100 in front of it is what you're basically getting down to. Now, Stuart Sink ruined and synced a bunch of lineups for people last week at the uh, Open. 65 to 1 there. He's a two-time winner on tour this season. He's 65 to 1. That seems strange. Yeah. Um, not ready to go to Sink after last week. Um, yeah, not, not for me. Okay. Um, Kazire's been playing good golf. Stanley's been playing good golf. They're 65 70. You got Charles Howell, the third, who, you know, feels kind of like a Michael Thompson in a way, could come in here out of the nowhere and win. Uh, Troy Merritt played good golf recently. He's a Minnesota guy in a way. I think he went to Spring Lake Park High School. Um, he pretends he's a Minnesotan. I don't know if he's really one of us, but either way. <laughs> Uh, he's there at 75 to one Troy Merritt. And then Joel Damon, 80 to one, uh, dude won a golf tournament a little bit ago. He's playing. Okay. Rich Winsky was the guy involved last year and a little bit of the end there with Michael Thompson, a duel they're at 80 to one, but I don't even know if I like any of these names. I could go even further down and get more excited. I bet Troy Merritt. Okay. Um, I had no idea he was a Minnesota guy, but I'll take that. Uh, but I'm really just, uh, I'm kind of attacking this angle of the rocket mortgage. So he played well there. Um, I felt like he played well enough to win and just happened to lose in a playoff. So he makes a ton of birdies. I have some stuff. Let me see what I had pulled up. Cause I had a couple of things circled on merit. Um, so I a great putter right now, obviously the strokes game putting on bent. He's sixth. Sixth in birdies are better gained. He's gonna. He, you don't have to worry about him. He's accurate off the tee, so hopefully you shouldn't find a lot of trouble in the water because there are some blow up holes out here. Like mm-hmm. we saw DJ eject, we saw Eric Van Ruin eject. Like we see like potential 75, 76s out there. As much as it is a birdie fest, mm-hmm. there's guys that are gonna go three, four over. So there's a tough balance. Like if you're long and you want to overpower it, you've got it's got to be your week, right? 
There's another way to play it, which is sort of the Michael Thompson and the Warinsky method, which is just hit every fairway uh, and play it like a typical TPC approach, which is point at the flag stick, aim, and fire. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I didn't do anything like this. I didn't do the JT Postons that were alive last week. Steve Stricker's here and Rogers is here. Kucher's playing at 90 to 1. Michael Thompson, the defending champion, is 100 to 1. That's interesting. This is where I get excited is when I see a 100 to 1 on Adam Shank. You do have 130 on EVR. Holy Lord, I didn't even see that. That wasn't even what I was excited about. I mean, Bo Hogs played good with his irons. Where's Sam Ryder? There's Sam Ryder. Sam Ryder. Oh, my God. There's your boy. Dude, I'm excited about Sam Ryder because I saw how he played at the Barbasol last week. Sam Ryder was the best in the field with his approaches. Sam Ryder led mm-hmm. the Barbasol with 11 strokes gained on approaches, dude. It was great. He was there. It's just on a fire. And he gets this way, and he he will sustain it for more than one tournament. So I'm excited about that. I, dude, Satoshi Kodaira was also good with his irons. He's here. It's 150 to 1. I mean, we're getting juicy numbers. Are you excited about Cameron Champ as much as I am? If yeah. Wolf can win, Champ can win. Uh, you read my mind, buddy. Um, oh, yeah. So I did bet him. He's my only guy that I've taken 100 plus so far. I think I got 140 to one. Uh, so 150 on DraftKings is a great price. There's a there's a fifty. That's ridiculous. Him winning, and it's the same way that Wolf and Bryson won, which is have mm-hmm. a good approach week. Um, should have some confidence coming off the John Deere Classic where he finished 11th. You know, it was great tee to green, gained a couple of strokes putting on on those sort of, you know, Midwest bent surfaces. So hopefully he can have another good week a la, you know, the John Deere Classic in, in a similar field and a similar type of environment where he's going to need to go out and make a lot of birdies. So um, said that his game is in a really good spot. I'm going to take his word for it and take a flyer on 150 or 140 to one on champ. Now, I mean, I think that these guys can win, but you get a top five number here, which is ridiculous. It's awesome. Or you just go with the top 10. You get a 14 to 1 on Keith Mitchell, who has performed, shown up, and done things, and has been top 10 a few different times. And at 14 to 1, I could see him do it. I could see Matthew Neesmith also at 14 to 1 to do it. You got Roger Sloan played really well last week and has played really well all season. So he's at 14 to 1 for a top 10. I mean, are you interested in Austin Eckroat again? Are we going to go back down to the Eckroat? I like his initials, the first first three letters of his name. I haven't taken – no, I have not taken Eckroat. Um, I haven't taken anyone else in this range yet. I haven't dove too much into it yet, to be honest. What about James Honey? He shot a 60 last week. Yeah, and there's your boy. I guarantee that uh, your boy Quagnus is on Tom Hoagie this week. Yeah. Now, we've talked about Tom Hoagie in these birdie fests, and especially the ones that are in Minnesota or in the Midwest, because he's kind of used to that. And we know now Martins claims that he knows some guy that knows Tom and like texts Tom or whatever. I don't know if I believe that, but we're told by this person that Tom has a problem being safe and conservative. And Tom's problem is that he can't just go for birdies and like his caddy will be like this is a par hole tom and he'll be like it's never a par hole man and we're like yeah dude you got to do par every once in a while so, but tom's like no birdie every time so that's a great DraftKings play or a first round leader play so uh i'm telling you when this kid told us this we were like wow okay whatever we don't believe you but okay i was watching this for a long time and tom hoagie will pop first round leader 
or will show up and ha- and he'll be hot fire for a really long time in the tournament. And you'll be like, Tom Hoagie's up here. Where the hell did he come from? It's because he's made eight birdies in a row. He's on fire. But then he will miss a couple and he'll just disappear because then he'll press and he'll try to get even closer and he will never go for par. So Tom Hoagie, maybe you do it and it could be his week. Maybe. Good story. Good story. Okay. Are we done here? I mean, I don't know about any of these. Yeah, we're done. Why was the show late today? Like, you never spilled the beans to me. Are you? Oh yeah, Joe tweeted out like two minutes after. I'm like, this isn't gonna happen in time, dude, because my family's behind. And you're like, thirty minutes for going live. I was like, thirty minutes, man. I don't think I can make thirty minutes because if you don't know me, my wife is eight, six months pregnant right now, or whatever. Like, she's in the big time midst of being annoyingly pregnant, and it's mid July and it's hot as shit out. There's not a lot going on. I got two other brats, I mean, kids at home, <laughs> bothering us all the time. So, oh God, what was the situation? Oh, Joe. Okay. So, uh, yes, I have an asphalt driveway that, you know, you need to seal coat every couple of years. And we haven't done it forever. So, we're out there chalking the other day, and it's almost impossible to chalk on this thing because it's just breaking the hell out of these chalks. And so, I'm like, okay, we're going to asphalt the driveway. So, we get the asphalt driveway done this morning. They come over, they seal it up. I don't know if you've ever seen that process. It's just this put this black shit over the top of it. Yep. You need to not go on this stuff for 12 hours. 12 hours. So we got, honey, one afternoon, just don't let the dog out. Or let's let's put it on the leash. <laughs> so I'm all you know, living my life, doing my work all day today. I get home and I'm like. Why, you know, I go over to say hi to everybody. I go over to the dog. Give the dog a nice rub on the head. And I'm like, why do you smell like asphalt? The dog literally smells like asphalt. Oh, no. <laughs> I like lift the paw up. And I'm like, oh, my God. It's so, all like, all, all four. And I didn't even notice when I walked in the house because I was like, look at my cool new driveway. <laughs> Walking in the house all, like, proud of my driveway. Didn't notice that after I saw the paws, I looked out the driveway. There's, like, dog paw prints all over the driveway. So then... I'm like, honey, uh, did you forget that you can't let the dog out? So then she's like, are you kidding me? Oh, my God. And then so I'm like, okay, I'll try to fix it. And no big deal. You know, I got I deserved an Oscar today for my performance. I, you know, Joe, you've been through a pregnant woman twice. So the third time you will know you'll be learning how to read a defense, be a better <laughs> quarterback. But at the same time, so we, so then I grabbed the dog. He's got Four paws full of asphalt rocks and black. They're just black. I'm like, how did you not notice this? It's been like this for a while because it's dry on my dog. So then I put her in the bath upstairs and I'm doing the whole thing. And I'm like, honey, Google how to do this. This is insane. We might have to go to the, the vet and redo it. <laughs> like, I don't know. This, I'm pulling out straight up giant rocks from my dog's paws. And my dog's the hairiest person ever. The hairiest dog ever. Uh, Either way, so we're doing we like Google things, we learn things, we're doing things, and like the bathtub is now black, the to- the towels are all black, the bath mat oh, needs to be yeah. thrown in the garbage, and she's just having a hell of a day. So then we get to the point where you know I'm like, okay, it's seven for me, seven oh five, seven ten. We're about I'm like, you know, I got, I'm pushing. I got to be live on the internet at seven thirty. This is now twenty minutes from now. Um, um, you know, and I'm trying to help with the routine. Like, I'm like, can I give you the routine? I can do whatever I can. So then she's like, it would be really helpful if this was not at 730. You know, and I'm like, this can be delayed. This can definitely be delayed. Uh, uh, Joe, you just tweeted, but I'm sorry. It's going to be late. 
<laughs> so yeah, and you know, Bachelor's on, so I'm sure she's upstairs watching Bachelor, not listening to me. Hopefully, rant about her. I'm sure you're clear. Not like she watches the pod. Um, well, I think that you made the right decision for your family. Uh, I agree. So good call. A half an hour later, ain't gonna kill us. Um, yeah. But yeah, well, you know, and tell us if you like it this time better. Maybe these uh, West Coast people, they they can't watch us live because it's too early or they're still at work or whatever. So maybe we do a couple times where we're later. And you know what? We only have so many shows left before the season's over, Joe. You're right. I think we counted earlier like seven and left until the tour championship, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then so, there's the Ryder oh, Cup or whatever. And we'll do it over. Uh, we'll still be around during the fall. We might do a show every now and again. We might just tweet our picks. But um, yeah, seven weeks. Let's finish strong, buddy. Best of luck at the 3M. Well, I'm not done for the week for content because I will be live uh, at the 3M Open at the practice round tomorrow. So follow me on Twitter, Addy Diner Real Chi. I'm bringing my son. I'll be there with Josh Bennett. We're going to scope it out. I'll see, uh, you know, I'll tell you who's doing what on the practice range. I mean, I don't know. I'll throw a ball into the rough, which is probably non existent because it hasn't rained here in three months. Oh, and then I guess what? I'm going to go on this Brian Kids show tomorrow night. So I'll reveal the house bet on Brian's show early so if you're interested in who i've got the house on i'm sure you care so much about that i'll be saying that on brian's show tomorrow live at about this time anyway joe good to see you good to see you buddy let's cash another mega profit baby because we are winners here at the preferred lines podcast like subscribe rate and review follow us every week and uh cash those mega profit tickets baby later peace Later, gang. Peace out, Joe. See ya.